When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. College Sports Now National Championship Edition. LSU hooking up with Clemson for the National Championship in New Orleans later tonight. And we're breaking it down from all angles. We got our man Roddy Jones from the ACC Network. He'll stop by. You know he's going to pick Clemson because he works for the league. But he'll give us his take on the matchup tonight in New Orleans. Also, Wayne Cook will give us his insight. He's a Pac-12 guy. Still knows a little bit about the game. Obviously, we'll get his takes on the Tigers and the Tigers. Our man, Phil Steele. We call him the godfather. We've been talking to him throughout the college football season. We'll get his takes on the national championship game, who he likes against the spread. He'll give us a take on the over-under, which is sitting at about 68, 69 points as we get ready for kickoff later tonight. And, of course, Michael Felder from Stadium TV stops by for the Felder 5 National Championship Edition. His top five matchups, things that he's watching, things that he's excited to see play out on the field. We'll get Felder's takes on LSU and Clemson tonight. It's the national championship game. It's the last game of the college football season. We're going to go out in style here on College Sports Now. A special preview of the national championship game with the whole crew. Roddy Jones, Wayne Cook, Phil Steele, Michael Felder, and oh yeah, predictions. Serber and I drop knowledge on who we think wins the game tonight. Sit back, relax, turn us up. College Sports Now, Natty Preview. Let's go. Roddy Jones with us from the ACC Network and ESPN. He is heading down to New Orleans later on this week for some coverage. Uh, First of all, Roddy, before we talk about the game itself, uh, where will you be? How will our listeners be able to watch you and listen to you? Um, You know, I'm assuming you're not just going to be stumbling up and down Bourbon Street drinking hurricanes all week. No, I will. I will try to not do that. Um, I will try to stay away from Bourbon Street as much as I can and to stay away from hurricanes as much See, as I can. See, I think you'd be great with like some man on the street type stuff. Like, not like I'm a producer for ACC Network. I'm not, I'm not telling you guys how to do your job, but take a camera crew out to Bourbon Street, get a microphone in your hands, and just start going up and talking to people, man. Like, hey, what do you think about the game? What do you think of Trevor? What do you think about Burrow? Let's go. Let's get it on. I, I think you'd be great at that, man. That's a great idea. Yeah, I mean, yeah, no, you can you can tell the people at the ACC Network how to do their jobs if you keep if you keep pitching ideas for your boy. I mean, I'm just trying to make you get your shine on. You know, I'm, I am not a shine blocker, especially only, in 2020. You're, you're, you're the shine enhancer. You're the only reason I can shine. No, that's that that is not true. Big but reason. Big it, reason. You know, again, resolutions. We talked about it in the previous segment. I'm I'm here to help prop people up in 2020, man. I'm, I'm gonna be a lot less judgmental. I'm a, I'm gonna try to be an agent for change why are you laughing server because the lady just walked past 
walk past the studios with a trash bag on her head. She was trying to keep her hair dry, man. I respect with that. With a trash bag. Again, it was a flex It was a flex trash bag, too. What did too. I just say, man? We're not here to judge people in 2020. We're trying that to prop a, people a, up. That was a quick pivot there. That was Real a quick, quick pivot. pivot. I thought he was laughing at me because I was saying I was going to try to be more positive. Dude, there's a lady walking down the street with a trash bag that is literally blown up because of the wind blowing through it, like trailing behind her head to cover her hair. I'm going to laugh at that, dog. Server, that's not even in the top 10 of weirdest things we've seen through these glass windows. Sure, but it's a weird thing that happened today. Okay, that's fair. Very good. Uh, Roddy, where will we be able to find you? listen to you uh, slash watch you over the next couple Look, of days? What's the plan? Uh, just, just park it on ACC Network all weekend, and you will see me. Um, the Huddle's got shows on Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Uh, Packer and Durham's got a show on Monday uh, and Tuesday. I think I'm scheduled to pop on the Tuesday show. Uh, put it on ACC Network for the pregame show, The Huddle. But for halftime, I'll be doing the halftime. Post-game, we'll be doing something post-game. Just park on an ACC network and just follow your boy because uh, we're going to be all over this thing, hopefully, maybe. I don't know. Look, I just got the rundown of like all the shows that are happening at this place, and it's, it's company-wide, and let's just say there is no one who's not going to this thing. I'm not going. Server's not going. going. Oh, you're talking about ESPN employees. Got it. Okay, very good. <laughs> yes, thank you. Um, well, look, man, I think it's great. I, I, if it were me, I mean, I'd play the contrarian here, man. Like Clemson is an ACC school. Duh. You're going to be there with the ACC network. Duh. But you're catching almost a touchdown, man. Like, you know, at some point, somebody's going to need to look into that camera and be like, look, man, LSU might win this thing by three scores. I don't know if that person's you or not, but. Somebody needs to get out there and say it. Otherwise, Look, it's just going to be a Clemson love fest all week. Well, yeah, um, I, I have uh, I have taken unpopular Clemson takes this year um, that turned out to be right uh, on the network. So at the end of the day, if I feel like if I feel like it's going to happen, I'm not afraid to say it. Um, and where do I stand on this game? I don't know, man, to be honest with you. I really don't. Um, I go back and forth. I get the inevitability that it seems like LSU has behind them. It seems like they're a team of destiny. They've played a much tougher schedule. Joe Burrow's had an incredible season. But it feels like at some point it has to end. And maybe it doesn't. Now, that's the thing. Maybe it doesn't. But it feels like at some point you're going to get a game where he's under 70% throwing the football. He has not done that this year. He's been close, 71-9 against Texas A&M. Uh, 71-1 against Utah State. Um, those were his two worst. In the big games, he's been fantastic. Against Alabama, 79-5. Against Auburn, he's 76-2. Uh, against Texas, 79-5. Um, against Arkansas. Oh, I said big games. Never mind. Um, wow. Uh, what? What did I say? Nothing. No, okay, I mean, sorry. like, uh, Razorback Nation is coming for you. At Roddy Jones 20 on Twitter, by the way. Sure. Okay, come on. Um he hasn't thrown an interception in the last four games. Like you just feel like at some point that's going to turn. Now, why would it at this point? Because he's got an entire season. That's the other side of it. Why would it? Because he got an entire season behind him. Um, I don't know. The 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 thing for me is Clemson's ability to keep pace early. I think LSU is going to come out and they are going to come out like Ohio State did or try to. They're going to try and land the blow early. Can Clemson keep it close enough early where when they settle in and Brent Venables makes his tweaks uh, to this to this Clemson defense, then can the offense be close enough to come back and win the football game? That, I think, is a question that needs to be answered. Clemson's going to have to be continue to be great in the red zone. LSU is one of the best teams in the country at getting red zone scores. They're the fifth best team in the country, once they get in the red zone, at scoring touchdowns. You know who was fourth? No. Ohio State, mm. fourth best team in the country, scoring red zone touchdowns. They were 0 for 3 in the red zone in the college football playoff semifinal. Clemson, the second best team in the country at not letting teams score touchdowns. You know what percentage of the time teams get in the red zone and score touchdowns against Clemson? 35.6. Excuse me, 35.7. If that continues, then I think Clemson wins the football game. If it doesn't, then they don't. I don't like I think this boils down to a couple of things. How good is everybody in the red zone? Clemson and LSU. Clemson has to be better in the red zone than LSU. Explosive plays. 
I actually don't think it matters a ton as long as those explosive plays don't go for touchdowns. That's it. Like, as long as they don't score, I don't care how many explosive plays you give up to LSU. Keep them out of the end zone. Um, the, the turnover game is important, and the time of possession game is important. Because if Clemson is even on time of possession, they're going to lose the football game. They have to be well ahead in time of possession because that's the style that they play versus what LSU plays. You think this is going to be a shootout, though? I mean, I get yeah. the over yeah, under sixty nine and a half. I I'm leaning I over get points. I think you're gonna. I think you're gonna get points. Yeah. Um. I th- I think I would take the over if I was pressed on it, just because the great Clemson Alabama games, which feel like this one, were what 41, 40, 44, 41, 42, 41 or something like that. Like mm-hmm. they were both in the forties. So I think it's going to be around there. Yeah. I'm here for it. I mean, I know there's people that want to see defense, and that's fine. There's very good defensive players on the field. But, yeah, I mean, I'm okay if there's going to be some explosive, large, you know, big chunk plays. Like, I'm good with that. Um, I think you're pretty assured of having that. Um, the 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 interesting matchup, uh, the, like, positional matchup, is Clemson's wide receivers against against the DBs of uh, of LSU because Clemson's wide receivers were essentially erased from the game against Ohio State. Um, and LSU's got good corners. They're not as physical. They're not as good. But Christian Fulton's probably going to be a first-round pick this year. Derek Stingley's going to be a first-round pick in two years. Like He was a f- true freshman that made the All-American team. Mm-hmm. The dude is really talented. Um, so can those guys do what Okuda and Arnett did to Ross and Higgins? Now it helps that you knock Higgins out of the game early, and he doesn't play most of the first half. But can those dudes do what, what Ohio State did to Clemson's receivers? I don't think so. They're not physical enough, or they're not as physical. Uh, they're not. They're more of a bump and run than a real press crew. Um, and, and Stingley's young, so yeah, he's been thrown out a bunch, um, but he's young, and these dudes are, are are really good players. So I've hijacked the conversation for the last five minutes. I apologize. That's okay. This is the Rodstradamus portion of the program. Now I know you like to wiggle around and and hedge and kind of you know tiptoe around you know actual answering of questions but I need a score Roddy Jones of the national championship game in six days time at Mercedes-Benz Superdome in New Orleans give me a score I think the score um, I think it's going to be somewhere in the 48-43 range whoa 48-43 I need to know who's got the 48 don't say Tigers don't even think about saying Tigers the team that plays in Death Valley. Oh my God! You see what he does? Like, you see what I have to deal with? <laughs> like, you're so politically correct and like hypersensitive to like not uh, being wrong. Well, just, look, man. Just tell I, me who's got 48. It's one or the uh, other. Who yeah, wins? Uh, Clemson. Okay. Clemson wins a football game. That's very on brand for you. Okay. Clemson wins a football game. All right. I think so. And and here's the reason. I think LSU feels like they are a quote-unquote team of destiny, um, and they should. They've had an incredible season with the Heisman Trophy winning quarterback. Uh, Clemson's been here, done that. Um, there will be a ton of pressure on this LSU team playing basically at home to win this football game, um, and and I just don't think they play at the level that, that Clemson will. They also have not seen a defense that's going to morph as much as Clemson's defense is. Um, and if there is a difference maker on the defensive side of the football for either team, the biggest one is Isaiah Simmons because he can be moved all over the place. And yeah, Dick Grant Delpit can do some of the same. He's not the same player in run support, not a really good open field tackler. Um, I just feel like they are more limited uh, on defense than Clemson is because of Isaiah Simmons. We can't go without catching up with our man, Phil Steele, who joins us now on the program. Uh, Phil, Wayne and I were talking about this earlier in the show, and thank you for making the time for us, as always. But, you know, the, the, the college football news cycle, whether it's the coaching carousel, whether it's the early entries into the NFL draft, it, it, it kind of never stops. What jumped off the page to you the most this week? Was it the Tua news? Was it the Jake Fromm news? Was it the Matt Rule news of going from Baylor to the Carolina Panthers? What stood out the most to you this week? Yeah, I'm going to go with Matt Rule. I thought he was going to go to the Giants, and uh, the Carolina locked him up with a pretty doggone good contract. And uh, I tell you what, he's a very good coach. What he did at Baylor was phenomenal. Let's see if he can have the same success in the NFL. But uh, to me, that was the big one of the week. 
Phil, you know, we, we, we talk about players leaving, and you're seeing it, you know, all over the country right now where players, I mean, uh, not only just transferring, but, you know, declaring for the NFL draft. Um, you know, I, do you ever sit and see, and I, I mean, two is an example, Jake Fromm's an example. I mean, we were talking about those bef- before we, we brought you on. But, but there's all kinds of them. Do you ever, like, hear a player declare and go, man, I, I don't know if I would do that, or are usually like, hey, it's a personal issue for every one of these kids, and they may have reasons that we don't even know about? Yeah, I think there are definitely ones where I scratch my head. Now, in Tua's case, if I was the guy recommending to him what to do, I would have said, come out, because yeah. right now he's going to be a first-round draft pick even with the injury, but if he was to suffer another injury at college, he may get slid down to the second round. So I I think two is making the proper decision coming out. But, yes, there are definitely times – when a kid comes out and you're like, wow, uh, he's probably going to be a six-round draft pick. Why is yep. he coming out? Could have had a big year as a senior. Phil, as somebody who's followed college football for as long as you have, like with the transfer portal and hardship waivers and, and the fluidity with college football lineups and rosters, how much does the next couple of months kind of throw a wrench into your preparations for the magazine, right? Because you know, one of my favorite aspects of what you do on the magazine every year, right, is you've got the projected starting lineups. But sometimes we don't know where these kids are going to end up until late in the game, like as we get into like spring practice and beyond. So what's it like trying to keep a handle on the transfer portal and all these players moving around over the next couple of months? Yeah, it makes for a very busy May. And I tell you what, I usually interview the coaches. I spend a good hour with them on the phone, go over every player on the team. And I do that in the months of April and then the start of May. And there are times where after they've had their post-spring exit interviews and after I've talked to the coach, players end up leaving. The coach will text me and say, oh, this guy's going. And it really makes it difficult to get all the right players on the right page. But I think the big benefit we have is we come out later than all the other magazines. Some the magazines, to hit the shelves at the start of June like they do, they have to go to the press without spring practice even over. I wait not only till the spring practices are over. I usually wrap up that first week of May. But I don't send my final page to the press till the end of May, so we do a pretty good job of capturing all the latest transfers. But there's still going to be one or two kids in the month of June or July that slip through the cracks. All right, Phil, I, I would I would love to get to the to, to the the championship game now, and um, I, I I just think it's it's been it's it's been fun. I mean, I, I really enjoyed watching the 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 LSU Ohio State game. I just thought that was a great game. What a great matchup. I fully expect this one to be amazing. I can't wait. I mean, I'm, I'm very curious to hear what you have to say, but I, I want to start with some specifics. Um, the trenches. Just, just When you look at these two teams and you look at LSU and, and you look at uh, this matchup with Clemson, who do you favor with the big guys, like up front, offensive line, defensive line matchups? Uh, I'm going to go with a slight edge with LSU. Clemson's offensive line has shown some vulnerability this year. LSU won the Joe Moore Award for the top offensive line in the country. And the thing with Joe Burrow, if you watch it on tape, and I got this from a lot of the Joe Moore conversations that we went through as a voter on that award, is that he tends to hold on to the ball for a long time, which really makes it frustrating for these offensive linemen that I'm uh, in the conversations with. But they still do a pretty good job protecting them. And Burrow does a great job. Uh, you know, hanging in there in the pocket and then uh, completing the passes and making something out of nothing. So I'm going to say the offensive line, I'm going to rate the edge to LSU. Defensive lines are pretty close, but I'm going to give LSU the edge on the offensive line, and hence the edge in the trenches. Who's got better special teams, Phil? Because, I, I mean, I, I know a lot of people expect this to be a shootout. You know, the over-under sitting at nearly 70. But, I mean, if it comes down to a field goal, like, who's got the edge here in the kicking game? You know, my, my ratings for special teams actually give LSU a pretty decent edge on the special teams. So that's a, I think when you look at them offensively, you've got the skill players are all pretty much a wash edge on the offensive line to LSU. And then special teams, clearly I think the edge goes to LSU in this one. So uh, my power ratings definitely have LSU as having the special teams edge. And that's always a nice one to have in the back of your pocket. And that's something that everybody looks at. The, the quarterback matchup in this one, Phil, is – is great. I mean, Joe Burrow's had one of those years that it's just, it's hard to imagine that an LSU quarterback, I mean, this has just been a special, special year. But on the other side, you've got Trevor Lawrence, who, if we remember last year's championship game, was absolutely amazing. It was hard to believe that a freshman was doing that. So when you look at this, 
and you look at that matchup with with two teams that are really really good it could come down to and and, and I, by the way i will compliment you phil because i asked you about the rose bowl before i worked it when it came down to prediction i said this game's going to be really really close but i would rather have justin herbert and and sure enough that's how it turned out maybe this game comes down to which quarterbacks make the big plays late who do you favor with the qb matchup well, I think you got the two best quarterbacks in college football right here. Joe Burrow's a guy that's just had a phenomenal year. He has not had a bad game all year, and he's taken on six top ten defenses. So that's really an exceptional job. But once again, Trevor Lawrence is the guy who, if the NFL draft and Lawrence was available, the NFL scouts would take Trevor Lawrence first. And how about that running ability? Can you believe he outran Jeez. the Ohio State secondary? Those guys are burners in that secondary, and Lawrence outran them. Lawrence has a 21-0 ratio the last seven games. I think at the start of the year he was trying to be Superman, throw the ball through a brick, throw the football through a brick wall. Got some of those interceptions early, but right now I would rate it a dead even toss-up uh, between those two. I, I think you have two elite quarterbacks. Any injury concerns here, Phil? I, I think I read that Clyde Edwards-Alaire is expected to be, you know, pretty much full go for the Natty. But are, any injury concerns from based on what you're hearing or what you're reading? Yeah, that would be the biggest one, and like you said, Stephen, I would love the fact that they got out to a big lead on Oklahoma. They didn't have to subject them to uh, you know 10 or 15 carries in that game, and he was able to rest up. I like what I saw out of Chris Curry. They've got John Emery back there, but they're a much better team with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. So I, I think he'll be 99% close to 100 for this game. Phil, I want to go back to, to a bigger picture question since you brought up the quarterbacks, and I totally agree with you. These are elite quarterbacks at the college level one of the things that i've noticed and and i feel like i have to try to explain to people this all the time like when you're a big time college football player and and i'll go back to the two injury you know when you're in a game most of these athletes they're not thinking about injuries they're not thinking they're thinking about winning they want to get that first down they want to win a game they are athletes they are competitors like even like before Tua got hurt and anybody's ever played has gone through this when you're winning by a lot and the coach pulls you out almost inevitably the 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 players will be like come on coach give us one more series let us stay in one more series because athletes want to play they they want to get out there and get after it and and I'm going to give a perfect example of this and I'm I'm curious what you think you mentioned um you know both we know that Burrow can move around he's not afraid to afraid to run you just pointed out that Trevor Lawrence is not only this freakishly built large huge hand human being that's fast um we saw it with Justin Herbert how much did Oregon run the football they've got all these first round draft choices that are putting their bodies on the line to win football games and i i think sometimes people get so preoccupied with money that they forget what makes these athletes so great, Phil, is is how they how much they're willing to do to help their teams win. Yeah, I agree. And I think when you look at the players, if you go on the field trying not to get hurt, that's usually when you get hurt. So right. you've got to go ahead and give all out. And what I found, Wayne, is like Justin Fields for Ohio State, for example. Early in the year when they were having all those blowouts, Ohio State limited the quarterback runs. But then when they got to the Wisconsin games, when they got to the Michigan games, when they got to the, the biggest games of the year, that's when they turned Justin Fields yeah. loose and let him run the football. It's, you know, throw caution to the wind, let your best player go out and try to win the game. And I think we're going to see both Burrow and Lawrence run the football without any caution. Uh, Wayne, or I beg your pardon, Phil, uh, you got me sidetracked, Wayne, with the <laughs> historical whatever that was. Here's my question for you. Do you feel like the market's overreacted a little bit, Phil? Because the line seems aggressive. Like it, it seems like if I'm Clemson and I'm riding a 29 game win streak, and I'm a near what six, six and a half point underdog in this game against LSU, I know it's in New Orleans, but that's pretty disrespectful, isn't it, Phil? I, I agree 100. percent And you know, like I said, LSU may have a slight talent edge in this one, but had this game been played last week in the semifinal round, the game would be pick 'em. Uh, Clemson might even be a slight favorite in the game, but Clemson struggled with Ohio State, got outgained 5-16 to 4-17, and LSU absolutely dominated Oklahoma. There was a stretch in the Super Bowl. I think it was a 10-year stretch where six times one team is off a super impressive performance and the other team barely got to the Super Bowl. Uh, sort of like Buffalo and the New York Giants when Norwood missed that field goal. And everybody was jumping on the Buffalo Bills to win the game because they were off this super impressive win, 
and they ended up losing. I think out of the six years, all six times, the team that sort of struggled to get in actually covered. And with Clemson, they've got another advantage. Dabo Sweeney, 8-1 and one ATS yeah. as a dog in the postseason, and he's won six of them outright. And I know this because I think there's been about four times I've gone against him <laughs> and watched his team beat my team. So uh, it's, it's tough to go against Dabo Sweeney as an underdog, and I do think the line value is clearly with Clemson. I mean, you got to take the points here, right? Or, or do you feel like the safer play, the, the, the wiser play is maybe on the total, which as we talked about earlier, is it's up there, 69 and a half at last check. Yeah, for the side, I like the Tigers in this one. There's no doubt about it. I'm, uh, I'm absolutely uh, 100% on the Tigers. Uh, I, how can you go against LSU with the better offense and the better special teams? How do you go against Clemson with that tremendous underdog record? the line value, and the better defense. I think Clemson does have the defensive edge. So I did go to the total. And while we have two defenses that have played well, Clemson actually number one in the country this year, holding opponents to 152 yards per game below their season average. That's the best mark in the country. But their last two games, they've looked vulnerable. Virginia, 23 first downs. Bryce Perkins running on them. And then Ohio State, 516 yards. And if they didn't settle for field goals, they probably put up a lot more points in that game. And with LSU... While they've played great football the last four weeks, only allowing 270 yards per game, four times this year they gave up over 450 yards. They averaged about 520 yards in those games. They can be beat. And I think when you've got a Trevor Lawrence, we saw him chew up Alabama last year. When you've got a Joe Burrow, he's chewed up every defense he's played. I think your safest play in this one is to go with the under because how the heck do you go against either of these teams? (laughs) You know, Phil, one of the things that's hard to factor in is that championship mentality those teams that even when they may be outmatched like when you start breaking it down position by position you're like you know what it just feels like LSU's that team I actually thought when I watched the Ohio State Clemson game and I've said this before I actually thought Ohio State looked like they had a little bit more talent I don't know what it was I just felt like when I was watching that game but Clemson had what championships teams have they just have that we're not going to lose mentality we're going to find a way to, to get it done when it matters the most. And that, that's a very hard thing to, to figure out. Like, how do you figure that out? How do you put that into the equation where you're trying to decide who you think is going to win or lose a game? Yeah, it makes it difficult. And like you said, I do believe Ohio State probably has a little bit more talented team. You yeah. look at that defensive line Ohio State has, led by Chase Young. They have a front seven that can really get after the quarterback. Probably the best defensive line of the three teams. Yep. They had a quarterback that you know had been interception-free most of the year. Uh, they have great running back in Dobbins. I thought Ohio State was a very good team, and they just didn't put Clemson away. And it's tough to knock off the defending champ. Yeah. Defending champs die hard. And like I mentioned, uh, Dabo's 8-1 is an underdog. <laughs> He's got to be thrilled that they are an underdog and that the line is rather high for this game. So, Phil, you've got all those computers that you use to kind of like simulate these games and, and kind of play them out thousands and thousands of times. What's the score? You know, like when you're playing these things out on your computer and you're getting the models and the simulations, like what do you think on Monday night? Give us a score. Uh, I'm going to say something like uh, I will call for LSU to win the game with the special teams thing being the the biggest factor. And uh, I'm going to go something like 40 to 35, which would put the game over the total. I think we're going to see both teams' offenses. And really, in some games when you're facing a potent offense, you try to be conservative. I don't think either team can afford to get conservative because if you get behind by two scores playing conservative, then you're going to lose that game. You need to try to score every time you have the ball, and I think that's what we're going to see here. Uh, I need to get a prediction from you on the national championship game Monday night, which kicks off, what, 5 o'clock your time, Wayne? Something absurd like that? You're going to be driving home in rush hour traffic having to listen to this on the radio? Hate to see it, man. Hate to see it. uh, I work about, let me see, I can make it. So every morning I drive to Starbucks, which is right down the road, and then I go a couple more miles to work. So I think I'll be okay. Yeah, but it's it's an eight thirty kick. Does that sound right, Serber? I know coverage starts at eight, but who knows when that thing actually yeah, if begins? It says I can be home. I could go to the gym at three, make it home by four, eat dinner, and then have my feet up watching the game. It's 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 absolutely not a problem. Okay. We do very good. A schedule a sports scheduling. You know, you know how we always talk about like East Coast bias. The times for us in sports is awesome. We don't have to stay up after midnight for the most part. We get to watch all the games. Our early morning games start at nine o'clock. The earliest game I watch is nine o'clock. 
which is perfect. So I, I, I would never complain about West Coast time slots when it comes to watching sports. This is prime time. It'll be perfect. I need to know how you're going to be watching the game and who you got, and I need a score. I've got, I've got Phil Steele's score. I've got Roddy Jones's score. You'll get me and Felder's on Friday, but I need your official prediction for the national championship game and how you'll be watching it. I will be watching it on my couch, uh, probably with my wife and my son, who will not watch the whole game. He will meander into his room to play video games from time to time. Hate to see it. Uh, yeah, I know. Kids these days. But we'll be locked in, and it'll be fun. I, I can't wait. I'm extraordinarily excited. I do think that LSU is the better team. I will agree with Phil. Um, I'm scared about the championship pedigree and the underdog numbers that Phil threw out at us. I, I just... I just think that we didn't even talk about the receiving course. I, I just think LSU is so athletic. The fact that the offensive line, and if you give Joe Burrow time to throw and throw some of those deep crossing routes that they like to throw, I just don't know how you, you cover them. So for Clemson, in my opinion, if they can find a way to not allow, and we, we've seen it all year where Burrow will move around and he'll just buy more time, buy more time. His pocket presence is incredible. Um, I just don't know if Clemson is going to score enough points because I just think this LSU offense is unique. It's not normal. This is is a, is a great offense. It's historically great. So I have LSU. Um, I'm not, you know, I don't think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a great game. So I have it 42-35. Um, by the way, Cerber, I apologize. I if if Trevor Lawrence goes off, if he runs for 120 yards, if he, I'm not saying that it can't be done, but I I just for everything in me from what I've seen tells me that LSU is the better team. So Wayne Cook is locking in LSU 42-35. Yeah. Okay. Very interesting. So the well, are you are you gonna you're gonna wait? Are you gonna wait? Are you gonna give it now? No, I'm not giving it now. What did you not hear what I said earlier? I have to I come back and attention. do a show. Sometimes, sometimes when you're talking, I take a mental break. That's unbelievable. I have to come back and do another one of these on Friday <laughs> with Felder. I, you will get my game prediction then. I will say this: nothing that you said just then has affected or swayed At me all. in one direction or the other. You want to talk about taking a mental break, please? Forty-two thirty-five. Are you still LSU for Wayne Cook? Very good. <laughs> Uh, we'll get Cerber's prediction on Friday as well. I have a feeling All right, that, that you know what, Cerber, that he said you don't this week have is going to change Listen, his opinion either. He's also not talking right now, which means he's mad at me. So, you know, the, what's great, Cerber, is this is all just playing into your hands, though, because it's playing into the underdog role that I think Dabo likes so much. So it's just another, it's another someone picking against his team. So that might favor you. Hartzell, can you tell Wayne that I have nothing to say to him? Um... And I don't look forward to our show next week. Got it. Oh, shoot. I was always one of Serb's favorites, too, but not anymore. I'm sorry. Man. Yeah, it's just a facade. That's, okay. that's just an act. He's not going to talk to me. That's okay. We'll, we'll see what happens. I expect a great game. Two, and, and I agree with Phil on this, too. These are two absolutely elite. We'll see them playing on Sunday. Uh, I said this before, too. The, the, the playoffs, other than, and this is, I hate saying this, because I don't want to be mean. I hope Jalen Hurts proves me wrong. But but three of the four quarterbacks, uh, I think Justin Fields, as he develops and grows, have a chance to be really, really good pro quarterbacks. And I hope Jalen I, – I don't see it. I just don't with him. But I hope he proves me wrong. Because the one thing I've learned about making it in the NFL, we talked about it many, many times, is like being in the right place, having the right coaches, having the right organization – but also stuff that we, we don't always know about, like how hard. And we know one thing about Jalen Hurts. I think he's a workhorse. So how hard will these guys study and how hard will they work? I mean, think about all the quarterbacks that don't put in the effort. They have great talent. They're drafted really high. They get millions of dollars. And they're just dogs when it comes to studying film and showing up on time and doing all the little things that it takes to be great. Why are you talking about Baker like that, man? Or, or, he was your or, boy two or, years ago. Or how about, how about LSU? Let's go back to their last big-time QB. Remember Zach Jamarcus Russell? Yes. Remember oh, Russell? Yes, I remember Jamarcus yeah. Russell. He couldn't stay yeah. off of the perp. Yep. You got You got to put in. You got to put in what 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 you, you got to put in to be good in the NFL. You got to put in a lot of time, and and not everybody's willing to do that, or or even has it in them to do that. It goes back to that greatness conversation from earlier. The great ones, man, they're so driven. So who knows? 
You know, these guys might be driven. They may be driven. We were talking about Justin Herbert at the Rose Bowl, and this guy's, like, really, really smart, and he's got all these, you know, degrees that he's working on, and he's, I mean, shoot, he doesn't have to play football. He, he, he's he got plenty of ability in other areas of life. Um, but if he's driven to be a great football player, a lot of people are questioning Justin Herbert, but, man, I guarantee you he's going to kick butt at the Combine. Two Pac-12 guys, him and Eason, are going to walk into the Combine and be like, who are you people? They're going to be big, strong. They're going to be able to throw the ball through a wall. And every single scout's going to be looking at those two guys going, wow. Great hair, too. I yeah, mean, let's yeah, be absolutely. honest. Herbert, yeah. Flo, Eason, Flo, <laughs> Trevor, next year, Flo. Yep. Love it. It's great. Yeah. We didn't do it last week because uh, you and Wayne were waxing poetic about football. By the way, <laughs> I got a lot of positive feedback about that show with you and Wayno. So That's good. Yeah, I feel like I was getting Wally pipped there for a little bit. You know who Wally Pip is, Serber? Do you know who that is? You're, you're looking at me with a blank face. No, what is that? Wally Pip was the guy who played for the New York Yankees before uh, Lou Gehrig took over. I so think I, that's got, the guy. He got hurt. He got hurt. Lou Gehrig took over, and then he never got his job back. Okay. I lost interest about halfway through, but... I think it's cool. Lou Gehrig. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not a baseball guy. Was it Luke? Obviously, Gary? you're not a golfer. Now, now you've got me doubting myself. Uh, yes, he lost his starting role to Luke Gehrig. Okay, yeah, very good. I'm glad Excellent. you confirmed that because I really wanted to know. <laughs> 1923, man. 1923. All right. Anyway, um, that's great. Man. The Felder Five National Championship <laughs> that's Edition. Great. LSU Clemson. LSU is a six-point favorite. There have been a little bit of line movement this week. I know you're not Vegas guy, Felder, but for those of us that are, six points is a lot of points in this game. Um, But what are the top five matchups for you going into Monday night's national championship game? Um, Let's start with Joe Brady versus Vittables. Uh, I think that's critical. Um, It's probably the most important uh, in terms of coaching matchup. Because Brady, an NFL guy, trying to prepare this football team, and Venables is a chameleon. I mean, this guy, he, he's changing all the time, evolving all the time, making things work consistently. And I think that this is going to be a really a true true matchup. Like, I, th- I think this is great. We've seen what Brady's been able to do with his, with his wide receivers. We've seen what he's more importantly been able to do with guys like Thad Moss and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and – him working all those things while Venables works with his full complement of players. And look, Clemson, I think the strongest part of Clemson's team is the secondary. And they're going up against the strongest part of LSU's team, which are the wide receivers. And then you mix in Isaiah Simmons and their ability to blitz. And I think it's a it's about confusion. Who can confuse the other one and who can keep changing enough that they continue to have an edge? I think that's going to be really critical. I mean, do you give the edge to Venables only because he is a chameleon? Like, only yes. because he can change what he's doing? I mean, Joe Brady, it's been working, but it's it's been the same thing that's been working all year. So I'm just kind of curious to get your take on that. Yeah, I, I, here's the thing. I think that we've seen LSU slow down one time, and that was against Auburn, and that was by brute force. I think this is – Clemson gets the, a similar job done, but with a little more finesse. So we're going to see – them line up with seven guys in the box, seven guys at the line of scrimmage, and then they're going to bail out. We're going to see them line up with four guys in the box, and then we're going to see Kevon Wallace, or we're going to see Tanner Muse come in from depth. We're going to see them use TE games, uh, stunts and slants to try to get to the quarterback, and I think those are all things that are going to be pretty um, interesting to watch because Venables has – he doesn't have a base defense like right. over the course of each season. Right. He just changes with what his guys can do. And what his guys can do this year are blitz, play coverage, and take away hot routes. And so that's going to be really cool to see. Look, I mean, he had Isaiah Simmons lined up at what, safety when he picked off fields in yep. the semifinal? Yep, because like, you wanted him in the middle of the field. Like that's crazy, right? So it's nuts. I'm, I'm. That, that's awesome. I mean, that's going to be a lot of fun. And to your point earlier about Joe Brady being, you know, a future NFL head coach in the next three years. Oh yeah, he's going to have to earn it on Monday night against Venables and company. Good stuff. All right, Felder five, number four. Uh, Jackson Carmen versus Kalevon Chason. Um, Carmen has had some good moments, and he's had some bad moments. Um, Going back through the season, 
against BC, there's a play where he just gets no gains, no ground, gets no depth on his kicks and his kick slide, and gives up a sack. Um, you go to the game against oh my goodness, I'm trying to remember who it was, where he just got straight deboed into Trevor Lawrence, and Lawrence looked like he was hurt for a second. And you can't have that happen in the national championship game. And we have a tape don't lie coming out where we show Carmen like there's a there's a tight replay where Carmen steps on Trevor Lawrence's ankle and Lawrence goes down and he his face turns toward the camera and he's like, I'm he's clearly invis, invisible pain. Like, you can't have that. So him versus Chase on who's he walked Samuel Cosme right into Ellinger's lap several times in that Texas game. Uh, we saw him against Auburn just explode against several players, like just leaving guys down on the ground. I think that it is it, – it's going to be a real matchup because Chase On is not Chase Young, right? He's not a true pass rusher. He's not a true um, defensive end. He is more of a game wrecker, a guy that just pops through and they use him to get other guys open. They use him to help increase – uh, their pass rush by block him with two, somebody else comes free. I think this is going to be really interesting to see how this plays out. It's also part of the larger discussion and maybe the more simpler or lazy discussion. Um, can LSU get pressure on Trevor Lawrence? On Trevor Lawrence, Because Bingo. if you can move him off the spot, uh, that changes a lot of things because, I mean, the dude's got wheels. We saw that against Ohio State. Right. But at the same time, whichever defensive front can knock the quarterback around. I mean, it's it sounds simple. It sounds basic. But, I mean, both of these guys are adept at, at making moves in the pocket, rolling yep. around, extending plays. And when that happens, I mean, good luck if you're, you know, if you're a defensive back because now it's Sandlot football and both of these teams are more than capable of hooking up for some big, you know, some big plays. Yep. It's going to be interesting. All right, Felder 5, number three. T. Higgins versus Justin Ross. T. Higgins and Justin Ross versus Derek Stingley. Um Stingley's awesome, but these guys are also awesome. And Higgins is the best receiver in the country at catching the ball in traffic. He adjusts exceptionally well to the football. He has great body control, and he's able to contort his body and make plays. And that's no disrespect to a guy like Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase, who does a lot of the same things. I just think T. Higgins is the best at it. Stingley is arguably, and Jeffrey Okuda obviously is going to say no, he's not, but Stingley's arguably the best corner in the country. Stingley's a true freshman, Felder. Yeah, I know. I mean, you have him as the star of this defensive secondary? Yes. Over well, Delpit? Not over Delpit. I think Delpit's still a star, but Stingley is a close number two. Okay. I saw Stingley listed, and you'll roll your eyes at this because I know you how much you hate it, uh, but the Heisman odds are out for 2020. Sure. And Derek Stingley is listed as like, 15th or 16th best odds to win the Heisman Trophy. He's a he will be a sophomore cornerback. He probably should be higher. It's crazy. He won't win because here's the thing that's going to happen with him. All people know when it comes to the Heisman is stats. Right. And he's not going to have a lot of stats next year. No, not, not not unless he plays like special teams and he's like returning kicks and stuff like that. Yeah, you're you're totally right. But this dude has been a stud and he's been playing phenomenal football late in the season. I think he picked off Fromm twice in the SEC championship game. What did you see from the Ohio State matchup? Um, listen, they got a kudo a couple times, and they were able to make plays. And I think that's one of those things where. You have I. You, I don't think that Clemson is a team that's going to be scared to attack him because they trust their guys, they trust their quarterback to make a good throw, and they trust their wide receivers to go up and make plays. So that's why this matchup does take shape. We saw them challenge Akuda consistently, and I think they're going to do the exact same thing with Stingley. And listen, we're going to see if any of these other guys, whether it's Kerry Vincent or Christian Fulton, whether it's safeties or corners. We'll see how these other guys handle themselves in this football game, but it's going to be a situation where you're going to have to cover somebody. And Stingley's going to have to, Stingley obviously is going to have to show up big. And I want to see who wins this matchup between these wide receivers and, and, and Stingley. I want to see who wins these one on ones. I'm going to ask a silly question, but who's got the better receivers in this game? Oh, man. Because if it's a core of receivers, it's probably LSU, right? But if you're talking about elite pass catchers, like next-level guys, I mean, it's got to be Clemson because T and Justin are amazing. I think the best group is LSU. Um, 
I think T is probably the best out of this, followed by Chase and Jefferson and then Ross and then Marshall, which is why LSU gets the nod for me. But T is – what he's able to do, I think, is very underrated by people simply because – I don't think people – like, people see a catch and they go, wow, that's cool. But I don't think they understand how hard it is to make these sort of plays. Yeah. Well, and if you've been watching Clemson all year, especially you know, especially early in the season, uh, you had Trevor Lawrence just throwing these jump balls up to his wide receivers. And these yeah. guys are just spearing it, you know, because, yeah. I mean, they can. And, you know, against the ACC, they made it look easy. Um, but all this stuff is going to be, I would think, heavily contended – uh, by LSU, I, I'm I'm excited to see Grant Delpit run around against these guys. I love Very. watching Delpit play. He's long, he's tall, super athletic. Arguably, want to be one one of the first safeties taken off the board. I would think in the NFL draft, if not yes. the first, should be the first. Um, but he, this is a big money game for him. Obviously, oh, yeah. it's a Go big money plays. game for a lot of these guys. But watching him run around and try to match up against those tall LSU or uh, Clemson wide receivers should be a lot of fun. All right, number two on the Felder Five, what you got? We got linebacker. We got Clemson linebackers versus LSU running backs, tight ends, and it's actually it's both. I got them. I got them both in here. We got. Let's start with Skowski and Smith, right? Jamie Skowski, Chad Smith. The way that they're playing against Clyde Edwards-Helaire and Thaddeus Moss, um, we know. I know Simmons can cover either, either one of them. I know that without a doubt. I know that no problem. But if they find a way to ISO Skowski. And Smith with Moss and 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 Edwards Elaire, I want to see how that works out. Now teams have tried to do that all season long to Clemson, tried to get those linebackers out in space or tried to get those linebackers to cover one on one, and they've done a really good job uh, through Venables and for themselves of doing the job or of not allowing themselves to be exploited through one on one matchups or through. Um, covering someone deep down the field. So how that works out is going to be interesting because Thad Moss, we had 99 yards against Oklahoma. Thad Moss is a guy that can be a true problem. And and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, the difference with him being in the game and him being healthy is huge when it comes to them throwing the football to the running back and giving Joe Burrow a, a safety valve. So I think that's huge. And then on the other side, we flip it, and they have – with Queen, Divinity, Phillips, they're going to have their hands full. When you look at ATN, and I've seen I've seen people mention, um, you know, when you look at what Travis ATN does, he is a guy that's caught the ball. I think he's had thirty-seven catches this year. Um, and you look at the way that they use him in the passing game because we've talked about him as a what's the word I'm looking for liability <laughs> in the um, in pass protection, but. When they throw screens to him, those screens are big plays. When they, um, when they, when they option to him to uh, to run sort of when they when they allow him to run option routes, those can turn into big plays. And so I think that's going to be interesting to watch. And then I throw Braden Galloway on there, has not caught a pass all season, and I do wonder if he takes a page out of if Dabo takes a page out of Nick Saban's book playbook and goes to a guy that hasn't really been used. I wonder if he does that. A guy that's primarily been, well, not primarily, who has been a blocker. Well, he didn't get to play until the last game, though. Right. Because he was out from the Osterine suspension. Right, and they didn't throw the football to him. Yeah, and then, I mean, they haven't used the tight end at all. At all this season. Right. And I guess that's more what I'm getting at. Less him and more tight end. Right? Tight ends don't have, like, what do we have? We've got, we have Chalk and Allen. Right. They have like 18 catches for the entire year. And then Galloway obviously returns and no catches in that football game. Yeah, the tight end hasn't been used in Clemson's offense since Chad Morris left. So I wonder if that is something that we see come to life. But we've seen how dangerous those slot wide receivers can be, right? Like with Hunter Renfro and others. So well, I, it's... I, I also think Amari Rogers, low key, could be critical in this game. Mm hmm. The, that big catch he had against against Ohio State, they never saw that coming. All right, Amari Rogers player props for Monday night. I'll uh, I'll, I'll I'll 
I'll look into that between now and <laughs> game time. Just, you know, low key. Felder. Yeah. Low key. Um, all right. The number one matchup, according to Michael Felder, going into the national championship game Monday night is? Uh, Joe Burrow versus Trevor Lawrence. Right? Gotta be. This is for the big stage. Like, this is the one everyone wants to see. Um. For me, I look at Burrow, and he's your number one pick for this year's draft, and then we're, he's going up against next year's number one pick in the draft. Yeah, good point. And maybe next year's Heisman Trophy winner. Who knows? Yeah. So let's see who looks more. Let's see who's more calm. Let's see who's more. Who has shows more poise? Is it the guy that's older, or is it the guy who's been there? Is it the guy who's older or is it the guy that's been there? I think that is an interesting distinction, right? One guy's going into his, what, fourth, fifth year of college football? Mm-hmm. Another guy's going into is go, is in his, is in his second year? But he's played in bigger games. Yeah, it's, you know, Trevor Lawrence is, what, 25-0 and 0 as a starter or something ab- yeah. absurd like that? Something ridiculous. I mean, a year ago, Joe Burrow was like a game manager, remember? Right. He was like a guy that we didn't really trust to go out and win a game on his own. Now, I know he had a phenomenal second half of the 2018 sure. season, but still, like, Joe Burrow's just come out of nowhere with this amazing 2019 season. And yes, it's vaulted him all the way to the number one pick in the NFL draft. Enjoy Cincinnati, by the way. Good luck with that. But still, you're totally right. I mean, Burrow, Lawrence, two gunslingers, big dudes can yep. move. Can oh, extend yeah. a play. Um, I don't expect Joe Burrow to bust out a 65-yard touchdown run, but we've certainly seen Trevor Lawrence do it. So Burrow can do that. 60, can you, do it. you think he can outrun Clemson's defensive secondary? Depends like on what Lawrence depends did on what with Ohio State. In. Okay. Depends on what defense they're in, but Burrow can scoot. Yeah, he can. I'm, He's a dual threat coming out. I am. Um, I mean, my excitement level for Monday night. I know what yours is, Serber. It's at a, it's at a 12 on a scale of one to 10 because your boys are playing. Mine's at about a nine and a half, though. Like I think Good. it's going to be a phenomenal game. I think it's going to be great. Let's go ahead wow. and do this now while we're talking, Natty. Yeah. Because we've got gardening, and I need to get some lawn care tips from Felder to wrap up the show. Yep. Um, I've got official scores from everybody else who's been on the program. I've got Roddy's prediction. I've got Wayne's prediction. I've got Phil Steele's prediction. Let's just go ahead and, and go around the room and, and get an official score prediction for Monday night. Okay. Score prediction. Man, you're stepping it up, huh? Serber, you want to start first while Felder stalls and comes up with a number? Yeah, because I'm juiced up at the prospect of Joe Burrow in the open field against Tanner Muse or uh, Isaiah Simmons. Um, 42-41 Clemson. I think they win because of very strong red zone defense, forcing LSU to kick a couple field goals. I'm, I'm good with that analysis. Felder? All right, let's go... 36, 30, Clemson. Wow. Okay, not surprisingly, you, Roddy Jones, uh, an ACC Network employee, both like uh, like Clemson to win the game <laughs> as uh, six-point underdogs. Uh, Serber, you were right about your prediction last year. You picked Clemson to hang 40 on Alabama in um, Santa Clara, and they did. Uh, I'm going to go 39-37 LSU. I'm okay. going to go LSU to win, but not to cover the six. That's an absurd number, by the way. That's just uh, I'd be very disrespectful of the defending national champs to be six-point underdogs in this game. But I'm going to go LSU to win by two. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig. Inspiring kid confidence.